Hey, welcome to the Mystic Lamb Podcast. Uh, my name is Keith McCann. And this is Elizabeth McCann. Yeah, so this podcast is basically uh, us talking about things that interest us. Contemporary Christian um, themes, articles, news reports, um, just things that we're interested in. And so particularly with a bend toward um, more charismatic Pentecostal Christianity. That's our background. That's our, our lane. That's our tribe. So we're really, um, you know, knowledgeable in those uh, in that particular um, branch of Christianity. So that'll kind of be our perspective. And so, um, anyway, we have something really cool to talk about. This will be a 15-minute little chat conversation with my lovely and gracious wife. Elizabeth, set us up here. So recently... Mario Murillo posted on his website a blog concerning certain false prophets. And it has caused an uproar within the charismatic world. Um, he's hit like thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of views on that, uh, on that blog of his. And there are many, many uh, YouTube videos and I want to play excerpts from those uh, from a certain YouTube video is the Tog Continato YouTube, and he has an interview with Mario Murillo, and I would like to discuss that with my husband. You know, some um, we could talk about what is a false prophet. What are some of the thoughts um, that my we have about some of the comments that Mario Murillo made. So um, I want to share with my husband. My husband hasn't heard these excerpts yet. And so I have one I'm going to play for my husband, and I like to hear Keith's thoughts. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm going to play it now. Jordan, let me in. It's altar call time. I need to say this. Christianity is that greater thing. See, it's the thing that will bring the racial justice. It's the thing that will bring true equality. The Bible says that the evil man does not understand justice. Did I not just ex express the definition of wokeness? They have it on a, they have justice on a bumper sticker. They have justice in their language. They have right. justice in their, but in their practice, it never shows up. It never becomes better. The gangsters are never sent back. The homeless are never found at home. We don't get off drugs. We don't get out of our crisis because the gospel isn't in the middle. Mm. So what am I saying? What does that have to do with your question? Uh, the fact of the matter is that if you meet Christ, you will have peace and joy. And you have to ask yourself, what is the vitamin deficiency that I am going through that makes me need a daily profit? How did that even become? It amazed me how many people commented at the site. Well, who's the true prophet? Right. And I look at you and say. Okay, so I wanted to bring this part up to you because it does seem like there's an element within the charismatic world, within Christianity and the prophetic, that people are constantly seeking a word almost on a daily basis. And I wanted your thoughts on that. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, uh, I think Mario is, is commenting kind of on the um, the malaise in this particular branch of Christianity because 
He says, on one hand, you have people that are needing and giving these daily prophetic utterances, and lives aren't being changed. And so he's kind of, you know, putting his finger on two things. One is there is a general sense of uh, the church is at a crisis state, and particularly in the Western world, particularly the United States, that's our 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 domain. This is our 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 area of influence, our area of knowledge. And people's lives aren't being changed. And then there's this preponderance of these networks, groups of people who give these these words and they're daily, they're they're meaningless. And again, these are my thoughts, my opinions, and they aren't really transforming lives. And so Mario is saying, look, there's something wrong here. And this is not good. It's not healthy. And this needs to change. Well, listening to the interview, and I relate to that because I came to Christ in 1983, and we didn't even have, prophetic was was an anomaly. It happened every, you had a prophet come into your church, you know, every six months. And like what he's saying, you know, it was Christ. It was seeing the drug addict get off drugs. It was the seeing the homeless find a home. It was seeing people get set free. And now it's like, no, let's just go off. Let's go after these prophetic daily words. So I have another, unless you want to add on to that. And I I think we need to set the table. The prophetic is biblical. It's right. It's part of the kingdom of God. It is a gift. The gift of prophecy is a gift of the spirit. It's healthy to have an activated ministry of, of prophecy in the church. But I think most things that, happen is we have these extremes and you know my one of my theological mentors said the answer to abuse is no use is not no use but proper use and I think we we are just talking about aligning ourselves and getting bringing back into balance we're not saying discount prophecy we're not saying discount prophetic words it just needs to be healthy it needs to be in balance it needs to be in in under the Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. So there's a call. There's a biblical mandate that these things need to be operating. Um, and we're not to despise them. We're not to quench them. But they need to be done decently and in order. And they also need to be tested. These yeah, words need to be tested. Right. And I believe that's what Marillo was going after, is the imbalance and the craziness and, and confronting it. So there's another point I want to play for you are genuine and his his alarm is is absolutely justified there's important questions that are follow-ups number one i just want to make sure that the audience is clear do you believe in the fivefold ministry gifting of prophecy yes i do in fact that's the point see the point is my motivation for writing the blog that i wrote and by the way i'm going to make this comment it's very important after you tell the truth not to apologize for Mm. telling the truth. Mm. So anyone that construes any of this explanation, I'm not talking today to those who are completely eating the jello, is what my new phrase, before it used to be drinking the Kool-Aid, now it's eating the jello. Those that are eating the jello, I'm not even, I really have no bridge to you. But to those who are rational believers, 
who trust the word of God, who believe in the fivefold gifts, will understand what I'm about to say. The motivation for my blog was, number one, lost souls. Because Peter said these false teachers would cause the way of truth to be slandered. Go on the internet. There, uh, there is a, there's a, a site called Christianity Nightmare. Mm. And one of the... I mean, there's a lot to unpack even in that statement. But that's a very bold statement um, that he's feeling like these prophecies, these false prophets are bringing slander against the body of Christ. Exactly, because, you know, what, what makes Christianity set apart from other world religions is its veracity, its claims to truth, its claims to um, authentic words from God, that this is, that Jesus is characterized as the word of God, and we claim to have words spoken from God, and we can claim that because of veracity or truthfulness or accuracy, and that's a big, big thing, not that um, there isn't an element of faith that Christianity has to be proved and used in the scientific method, but there is a sense that there's some, there has to be some credible credibility behind and when you have people who um, are just uttering nonsensical things um, and, and there's no credibility behind it, there's no veracity, there's no authenticness, there's no testing of it to see if those things came to pass, it really undermines all of Christianity and it undermines our witness. Then people are likely to say, well, you know, that didn't happen, then why did these things happen here? I want to put some context into what Morello is saying, because he said eating the jello. So what he's referring to, and so I'm going to drop a name because this is in response to two prophets, and I have no ill against these people at all. But so one of the claims is is from Kat Kerr, who seems like a very nice person to me, but she has claimed to have had several visits to heaven, but one of the claims on one of her visits was that in heaven there is a jello mountain. And the other prophet is, um, his name is Robin Bullock. And so he, so Marillo has mentioned, this is all public, how some of the claims from both of these people are just going into an area where you can't prove them. You know, talks about jello mountains, um, roller coasters, these kind of things in heaven, which I'm not saying that there's not, but there's no way to really prove them. And so we're going into an area, this, this area that's moving away. And what I feel like he's saying that we should be concentrating on souls, winning souls. I guess what we, from our background, they would call it the main and the plain. Right. Yeah. Uh, T.F. Tenney was known to say the main, keep the main thing the main thing. And I think, um, you know, the scripture says that we have a more sure word of prophecy, you know. And I, I think in the context there is that, um, you know, that these, you have these sign gifts, you have these words coming from God, but... The reason why we have the Bible and it is in proven and to be a historically reliable document through you know the, the 
historical critical method of interpretation and also change lives of uh, prophecies that are fulfilled. And so it's proven to be a reliable document to put our faith in and to guide us and to give us a big picture of what God's character is like and the role of the Holy Spirit. And so this idea of, of you know, the Jello Mountain roller coaster and this imagery of, of what heaven should be like, I really think, in my own personal opinion, that's an act of imagination. Somebody is projecting onto uh, the life-after-life life realm, which we call heaven, or the, the, the realm of God's uh, rule, uh, the unseen realm, is they're, they're projecting into that environment their own imagination and thoughts about things. Um, sure, I would like for some of that to be happening. I mean, if, you had, if I had my way, heaven would be a nice uh, mountain cabin by a, a, a trout stream. But I don't know that, and I can't project that and say that that's what heaven is like. Because then I start making heaven a figment of my own heart. And it's really, it's the kingdom of God, God's rule. And I have to trust that God, whatever heaven is going to be in that temporary place before we come back and live on earth uh, in a recreated state, is I'm trusting that whatever that is, it's called paradise, God's there, Jesus is there, our loved ones are there, so that's all good. So whatever else is, is a friend's benefit. And I don't want to fall into the trap of projecting my own imagination, my own thoughts, my own bias onto whatever that state is without any really written or something that I can say, yeah, this is a consistent theme. And again, I think the scripture says, let every word be confirmed with an alpha two or three witnesses. And, and not that we, we build a case of biblical interpretation around that scripture, but I think there is a principle there that if something has been mentioned two or three times in scripture, it's, it's pretty consistent that we could probably say that that's probably an accurate uh, view or perspective. Okay. I have a, another clip I'd like to play for you in Nashville. The prophets understand the word. He even said, here's a code that we understand. And then for you to have this, don't ever doubt us. Don't ever question us because you need us to understand the Bible. That's what they said in the Middle Ages in the Catholic Church. Here's the other one. One of the, one of the comments at my blog was this. My son died a drug addict. He wasn't right with God. And I prayed for him after he died. And I kept praying. The woman that I exposed as the false prophetess, she provided her with the hope that somehow Jesus went over and yanked her son, who had died in attic, out of the flames and gave him a second chance. That so I brought up this clip for, for two reasons. Um, one, it got part of the remark that there is this thought coming from this camp that you need the prophets, you need this certain prophet to understand the codes, Bible codes. And what Marillo is saying, that is just like the Dark Ages with the Catholic Church, it's saying that you need us to understand the Bible, which is not biblical, which is why Christ came so we could go directly through Jesus Christ to the fault, you know, to God and not needing it and not needing a, a person. The mediator is the Holy Spirit. Right. It, it really exposes the, the, the two things of, of, of what the Reformation did is removing the idea of the intermediary. 
between us and Christ, and whether it be the, the Catholic Church, the, the priest, or even um, some rite or ritual that, you know, that, that the Reformation established that we're saved by faith, justified by faith, that a repentant, faith, faith-filled heart can directly connect to God without going to a special person, a special place, a special ceremony that they can direct connect to God. And also he exposes the, the lie of, of purgatory, this idea that after death, that if you, you pray certain things or something happens, that there's a, a second chance given. And sure, my heart as a person, as a human being, would say, well, I hope that idea would be true, but we don't have that based on Scripture. Uh, the Bible says, you know, it's a point on a man wants to die, and then judgment. So there is a sense of judgment that, that this life is, a while a temporary existence, it is the... Um, you know, the determination of, of what we do with Jesus in this life has eternal comp- uh, consequences. And, and to say that there is a, a secondary state of grace or another state where somebody can come to know Jesus, we just don't have that base in the New Testament. Right. I totally agree. And another point that was made, I did not queue up the YouTube video on it, but I, I, he said that a woman um, claimed on the blog, oh, you're you're going to cause me to get a divorce. And the context for that, and it, I refer anybody to hit the blog and you can read it, was this woman was married and her husband was upset because she paid so much attention, gave so much credence, gave such a license to these prophets in her life that it was causing a division in her marriage. Her husband wasn't saved, but you shouldn't, to depend on these prophets, people which they probably don't have a relationship with, over their spiritual life, and it's causing fraction friction in your marriage. The, the husband was claiming he wanted to leave her if because he wanted to stop listening to these two prophets. And I think that's where we get in that crazy area. If your husband doesn't want you listening to him, there must be a reason. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this idea of using prophecy like a daily horoscope. I can't function. I can't communicate. I can't walk through my daily life unless I have a daily, you know, utterance from the Spirit, uh, almost treating the Holy Spirit like a, 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 um, a horoscope. A reading. I need, I need a reading. I need to know how my day is going to go. Well, if you, if you trust Jesus and, you know, you know the word that, one, the word I was already said that God's with you and you're an overcomer and, and God loves you and nothing can remove you from that love, even though we go through hardship and difficulties, uh, that should be enough to sustain us. And again, as Peter said, we have a more sure word. We have a better word. We have a better testimony. That testimony is Jesus. And looking unto him who's the author, he authored our faith, and he's going to finish our faith. To me, that is sufficient. And to say we need something else is really to thumb our nose at the sufficiency of Jesus. Right. That you, we have a direct line to Jesus Christ. We have it. We have the Holy Spirit that's our mediator. It's our aid when we pray that we shouldn't feel like, but I need to have this prophet in my life. Oh, I need to know what they think. I need to know what they're saying. Well, you have the word of God. You should have mentors in your life. You have the local church, not television or YouTube. 
yes, use it. Use it as a tool to be encouraged. Use it as a tool maybe to help you study the Bible, be encouraged by it. But to actually lean on that and and give credence to that being a higher authority in your life to people that you don't even have a relationship just doesn't seem biblical to me. No, it's not. And um, I think it is an indication of really how impoverished the, the, the Western church is. Uh, you know, from the people sitting in the pews, really, we are, we are in an impoverished state. You know, we're not really fully fledged, fully developed followers of Jesus, you know, who, who both are, are you know, guided by the Word of God, guided by the heart of God, guided by the Spirit, and those things working together to make you a fully formed follower of Jesus. I think it's an indication of just how really how, what a deteriorated state of, of discipleship is in our mind. Um, it it really isn't true discipleship. No. It's not how you're discipled. No. It's through watching YouTube videos or or go on Rumble and listen to the latest interview. No, and, and you know, we love people to listen to our podcast, but we want we want to direct you to you know develop your own relationship with Jesus, develop your own discipleship. We have lots of resources we can direct you to, but ultimately it becomes between you and Jesus. And so, right. That, that's our heart in this whole podcast, and uh, we'll probably wrap up for now because we don't want to linger too long. And uh, but that's kind of what we're going to be talking about over the course of doing these podcasts. But a note that I want to end on is that these very popular people, people that are in on television, all this, they are human. There is a human element. They are not Christ. They are not Holy Spirit. They are not angels. They are human. And there is that flawed element that sometimes humans can get it wrong. Absolutely. Great, guys. We'll see you all next time. Take care.